0: Hey, podcast fam. I am coming to you stronger today. I am coming to you more buff, and I am grateful for the difficulty that comes into play when we lift heavy things. Today's conversation is with someone who I love and admire. She is a health and wellness specialist, both in the kitchen and in the gym. If you check out her arms by viewing the live version of this podcast, which happens a couple weeks before it airs here on either my Facebook page at Tamara Lee Andress or YouTube at Tamara Andress, you will see the guns I'm talking about. (laughs) However, we did a bit of lifting in a different way. This was lifting our understandings. This was lifting our eyes. This was lifting veils. This was lifting away heavy understandings that didn't serve purpose. It was lifting away and carrying away bricks. And I am praying that the ears that listen to this will truly comprehend the depth and the heaviness of this conversation with fresh eyes, with fresh ears in a new way that you can understand that the conversations that are happening around equality, ethnicity, racial discrimination there is so many more layers than sometimes even the deepest social media post there are so many more layers than even our generation can comprehend but here we are doing the heavy lifting And I am honored to stand beside Sabrina Hogger today and any day as a sister, as a friend, as a fellow mama, as an inspirer, as a voice, as someone who sharpens me. And I know and I am hopeful that you feel sharpened by her in the utmost beautiful, loving ways She does it tactfully, she does it gracefully, and she does it through the lens of God Himself. And so I hope today's episode blesses you. I hope you learn something. I hope you take something, and I also hope you put something down. And I was told recently that we have to unlearn to relearn. And I feel like that's exactly what I did during this conversation and in the preparation prior to it and the simmering and the lamentation afterwards. So be blessed, friends, enjoy, and please welcome my beautiful guest. This is your God wink, the moment that heaven says for such a time as this. It's time to own your joy, prioritize your health, discover your wealth, and exude your wholeness. It's time to become truly fit. However, this isn't a fitness podcast. Though I'm a retired personal trainer and nutritionist. This isn't business jargon or tips and tricks to landing your successful passion project. Though that's totally why I'm a business coach. This isn't a quick fix health detox ploy. Though I'm all for therapy and I love whole foods. I do have a YOLO side sweet tooth though. This isn't confusing religious banter. Though I'm an ordained minister still figuring out the many things and facets and faces of Jesus. It's really none of that. So, I'm wondering if you're wondering, what is this? Well, this is an opportunity to join me alongside other big dreamers, innovative movers, and lifestyle shakers as we explore and share our messy comeback stories and discoveries with each of you, fellow passionate seekers. The Fit and Faith movement was birthed through my own trial and error discovery of mind, body, and soul alignment. And to be totally transparent, my own entrepreneurial crash and burn experiences. I've learned firsthand that being fit isn't about our physique at all. It's not about our qualifying abilities or titles. It's not about our potential. It's truly about our God-gifted passions meeting our purpose. You are one step away from achieving your idea, your dream, your calling, your purpose, whatever you want to call it. And I want to be there for the moment that you say yes in freedom, clarity, and confidence that you are living fully fit and who and whose you were made to be. Welcome to the Fit and Faith podcast with me, Tamara Andress. There is no better time than now to get fit. I am so excited to be here with a dear beloved friend. Sabrina Hoggard is not only a beauty queen, but she is a health enthusiast, a mama to two that I love and adore. Uh, They're incredible. We'll get to talking about them here soon. Uh, A wifey to what I like to call a hot hubby, because I've got one too. I know how it is. And she is just a sister. And ultimately, that title is what matters most to me. And one of the reasons that I was so honored to have her come on today's show and just chat. You know how I love to just have un-unprobed uh, questions and opportunities for us to just come together and have what is not going to be a coffee conversation. What are you drinking today? Um, water. Water. Yeah, typical. <laughs> uh, I would. I'm going with a lemon, stevia, cayenne, lemon love, soja water today. Thanks to my hot hubby who comes home with random juices. Uh, but I, <laughs> I, I think today has a lot of intention. I. I brought Sabrina on specifically because I feel like there's so much going on in the world in conversations that I've always entrusted to come to you about. Um, We've been friends for four years now, which is crazy to think about. And since day one, I've just always felt like there was more to the conversation than there was less. And it was always based and premised on truth. And I think now more than ever, that truth just needs to continue to be shed and cast into the world. So thank you for being that friend that I can rely on and for being here today.
1: Of course, and honestly, thank you for having me, first of all, but thank you for being someone um, that wants to know more, that wants to learn. That's really big. I mean, you know, I can kind of be the friend that is always ready to talk and, and, you know, and enlighten, and, but if you're not someone that's willing and ready to receive, then it, we really go nowhere. Yeah. So we've been able, I feel, to um, keep the friendship because it's mutual, you yeah. know, it's a give and take. It's not just, you know, one side or the other. So thank you. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think that's really good. It also makes me feel um, like I should have done it sooner. And I feel like there's so many people, I'm going to speak specifically for my white friends, who, who are feeling that way. And yes. it feels like... Uh, a weird guilt that I wouldn't even have recognized had things like this not occurred. Mm-hmm. The thing is, it's always been occurring.
1: Yeah,
0: It's not new news. I'm really grateful that however this specific situation with George Florida arose, that it's something that has now come into conversation in a way that you can't right. not look that way. That's right. Yeah. And so for that, there is goodness in the hurt and the pain and the anger and all the emotions that we should feel. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm grateful for that, and his life will always be remembered in that capacity. Absolutely. That so that's a good thing, right? Yeah,
1: I mean, you know, when you leave here, you know, you want to leave some sort of legacy. And as painful as it is to have seen the way that he died, I mean, look at what his life is representing now. Yeah. Look at the the outrage. You know, that not just this nation, but around the world, you see people. From different countries even like this is not okay this is not right yeah you know? yeah um so it, it's it's horrible like i said as it is and my heart goes out to his family his mom that oh he cried out for you know even in that moment um well, i hope that they can look at this and see why but look at what my, my my family and my loved one's life is leading to now
0: yeah so yeah it's really amazing so like There's so many different directions that we could take this conversation. And I I know I called you earlier this week just in tears after listening to Stephen Furtick and John Gray kind of explore this conversation. And I really just leave it up to the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's all that we can do at this point. But I do think you mentioning that, like, there's this willingness that that ultimately has to be the answer versus, like, questions are good and, and they should have you know, we should have the ability to have conversation about it. But the thing is, is like, where's the heart of your question coming from? Right. 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 Um, And so I I think to start is just like, can you share a bit about your story? And I know when you were even sharing, you were like, you know, there's parts of my story that even I could carry guilt or shame around. Mm -hmm. So like, just unpack that and like who you are and when, where Sabrina came from.
1: Okay, oh gosh, I don't really like talking about myself a lot, especially like on camera. Yes, yes. Um, so I obviously grew up black. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am beautiful black. and black. Thank you. Yes. Um, I had, you know, both of my parents in the home. Uh, my mom actually stayed home with us. So I always had that example of, you know, mom being home. Um, my dad was always a really hard worker. I had two siblings and um, we had a home that was it was filled with a lot of love, not perfect at all, but definitely filled with a lot of love and also probably a lot more shielded. then I would say I want my children to be right now with everything that's going on. Honestly, um, we've been my husband and I have been very upfront and open with our children with everything because well, it affects us. You know, yes. it's within our community whether we were black or not. It still affects us absolutely. Um, and so uh, I love my parents dearly. They raised us, you know, in a Christian home. They did their very best, you know, to to raise yeah. us. And and so I don't think a lot of the injustices and prejudices and things of those of that nature, um, became real to me until I became a mom yeah. and I've got my own now. And so I'm like, Whoa, I, you know, my, my son, you know, being in an academy that he's in and he's like the only black kid in this class and yeah. just different things that he's already dealt with. And so, um, honestly, I would have to say that it wasn't until I became an adult. A wife, a mom of my black children that I really started to realize like this is real, like yeah. this is really happening because we were very shielded growing up, right, so we weren't in circles or arenas, or maybe I just didn't notice it. I don't know, maybe my parents just did a really good job, yeah <laughs> yeah, about shielding us, but um, I think also maybe out of their fear that we would turn into something that they didn't want us to turn into. They kept us away. If you they exposed it to you more. Absolutely. Sure. And so they kept us out of uh, a lot of different arenas yeah. that would maybe be considered in the black culture to be the norm, you yeah. know, for the black culture. So we weren't necessarily raised in what society or what the black culture would say is a normal black home. Yeah. Because there were so many things I think that was their way of trying to keep us from, you know, going down a different path or going yeah. and and not in the way that it's saying well if i raise them to be black and proud then they may go down the wrong way but because they were trying to do what they thought was best they did shield us from a lot of those things. Yeah, and
0: I, you know, it's so interesting that that plays regardless of ethnicity. That plays to every like parent child yeah. relationship yeah. and and now as as moms who have had our eyes open to so many different things, just and not not necessarily racial discrimination even being that. Like Even Christianity comes into play in that regard. Do you allow them to go public? Do you keep them in this place? Do you go to this church? Does this denomination have a conversation that's different than what we want them to be? Mm -hmm. And so I think it's that it started based on your motherhood journey has really been a common thread for a lot of us as women having this conversation because our generation and the next generation and thereafter – This is really where the change happens. That's right. And we have to be understanding that the love that we're showcasing in our home has to be the love that we want them to emanate to the world. Yep. And so with that, similar in my regard in my home, if my love that was taught to me wasn't cast out for everyone, Mm -hmm. despite color, despite denomination, because I wasn't raised in a church, despite anything then my only example is to continue as it has been shown. That's right. And so that's why like bringing our children into a multi-ethnic church mattered a lot to me and my husband and still matters. And when I walk into an all white church, I feel awkward and I'm white. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, what? Where's Jesus? Like I need to see heaven. And I want that everywhere I go. And so I love that. I know that I can always come to you for more things than just race discussions, but it's more so about mothering. Mm -hmm. And that mothering is how I know and see what your generation of child is going to be like. And And I think even with your son being in a school, that he's the only black kid in that room, that goes to show your parenting ability to say be like be you and be that black proud proud child knowing the what things they have to face I was reading because I again I just want to be informed I think for me I love that too I love that it's like I because I wasn't brought up understanding or not understanding Mm -hmm. it was like almost like they tried to put a veil of everything's okay and yet here we are in this horrible predicament Where now, because of how the public school system books are and how things are shielded, we've been so shielded that now I feel ignorant. And I'm like, wait a second, this isn't my fault that I feel ignorant, but I'm ignorant. And so we, as a white people, I think anyone outside of being in that specific ethnicity needs to recognize and be okay and comfortable enough to raise their hand and say... I have no idea, I have no idea. I had no clue, and that's really sad and sick, like literally pings my gut in such an uncomfortable way, but without facing that uncomfortability, we stay stagnant, mm-hmm. and my kids become shielded,
1: yeah, yeah, well, honestly, like you said, um it does start first at home mm-hmm. and then the school you do send your children to school expecting that you know not that they're going to teach them everything right. because you know as a parent it's your job first and foremost but you do send them thinking like they're going to give them the higher education they're right gonna give them right, the right, high, right right the right. good stuff the grit but for instance i know um i grew up in virginia beach yeah you grew up in virginia beach yep history was up until maybe sixth or seventh grade virginia's history yeah and i remember um More so now with my children being in school, when they come home and they had to study, I'm always helping them study for their tests and things. And I remembered a part of the studying being why the slaves were necessary. Because, you know, you know. Were necessary. The agriculture got to be, you know, they just really needed the hands of these slaves. And I was like, and that's what y'all have to learn for the test? Like, these are the moments, you know, third grade. This is when I started saying, this is not, I need to get, let me jump into the school some more and see what other things, you know, y'all are doing and learning. And so I started at that point, I've always kind of done, I've always done my own teaching at home for them. But then I realized, okay, we need to take it to history also, because I need you to understand that this is not okay
0: yeah because you were focusing on like reading and math and, that was a yeah. that was a
1: big thing like, let's get you advanced over here now yeah. we need to teach you some truth over yeah, here yeah that's good and so by fifth grade my son he's now about to go to eighth grade oh my gosh but fifth grade by fifth grade I had done enough teaching I was so proud he came home and he told me his teacher um, wanted them to do some type of presentation mm-hmm. about the hardships that the Europeans faced coming over to the Americas to yeah. establish land and things right. And so he raised his hand. He said, can I do mine on the hardships the Native Americans faced when they were invaded upon? And I was like, what did she say? He's like, that's not a part of the curriculum. I said, but you knew. Like, that oh, just made me wow. so happy. Yes. Like, because let's not change the narrative. Like, let's be real about yeah. what it was, yeah. you know? And I think because, no, I know, yeah. because that's the way history writes it. Oh, they just had the Native Americans move over here, yeah. you know, to kind of give them more space, like. Come on. You right. You know, that's the way yeah. the picture is painted in these books. Yeah. From elementary almost all the way through middle school, that's yeah. what you get. Yeah. So it's not necessarily the individual's fault that grows up and says, wow, I'm really ignorant to this stuff. Because you're expecting that, well, when I go to school, my teachers are giving yeah. me what I need to know. Right. And it's really not all written in there. Right. You know, to find out, I remember. High school is when we really started kind of digging deeper and we learned about Nat Turner, you yep. know, his rebellion. And yep. and then I found out that I'm actually kin to Nat Turner. And I remember Whoa. it initially because the teacher was teaching it in the way that he taught it, you know, and he, he went crazy and he killed a bunch of white people. And I remember it being so ashamed and was, I will never tell anyone I'm kin mm-hmm. to him. You know, mm-hmm. it took for me to get older to realize like, if my family was being stripped away from me. If I saw my, you know, siblings and my mom being raped and abused and beaten and there, t- yeah. what I maybe feel like God was telling me it's time to rebel, it's time to fight, it's time to, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And so I had to Absolutely. change my mindset because the way I was taught it, yeah, I was I felt ashamed. Yeah. You know, I felt ashamed to. Ooh, he was crazy. He yeah. just Killed all these poor little innocent white people and it. Right. So I had this. Guard up in my heart for white people Mm -hmm. because of the way, honestly, that history was taught. And honestly, I would say my parents are wonderful. I never take anything away from them, but I don't ever remember sitting down and having the conversation because you're black, these things you may face because you're black. Never, yeah. And I regularly have these these conversations with my children because they're important for them to understand. Absolutely, not for fear, but to understand why. We thrive and we push the way that we do because yeah. for so long, we just weren't supposed to. Right. We weren't supposed to be able to speak well. We weren't supposed to be able to read and write. We weren't supposed to do these great things, yeah. you know. Yeah. And so that's something that's important for yeah. sure. To it, it's the conversation.
0: fundamental. I mean, it, it, without it, it, it skews the entire quote unquote system even yeah. further into the hands of the people who want to have it. Yeah, right? Yeah. And so this is the whole thing with even the riots or conversations breaking out and people thinking that they're not the right way. It's not the right way. And yeah. Who knows what's gonna be said yeah. after this podcast airs. <laughs> but my heart is that and I know your heart is shared is that like ultimately y'all, this gets the answer. There you go. No history book, no public school, no, you know discussion that happens in one home because it's going to take all of us together to come together and truly show the hands and feet of the Lord and truly show what love looks like sitting across from the table and having conversations and bringing our kids into the fold of that and like people to know that this exists right now. It's not something that was written. It's It's writing. We're in the writing. And so be a part of the change. Be a part of the voice. Be a part of the fact that all lives matter. Black lives included. Black lives matter, you guys. And so I was actually looking up when I was doing some research, um, trying to find, oh no, is it going to freeze while we're... Talking. I'm going to take that as a Holy Spirit gesture to just ignore that. And and I was just looking up things and it was talking about um, the percentage of people who black people who are affected um, by rules and laws uh, underneath them committing suicide or committing uh, adultery or committing murder. How often do they go to jail versus a white man? How often do do they get pulled over? How often do they get ticketed? How often do they um, run into situations with the law? I mean, so many different things. And the staggering statistics will literally make you want to throw up. And it literally has nothing to do with the color of their skin, but it's based on the premise of what has been taught to all of these people people prior to without, like just like me, without them even knowing that they were taught that. And so it feels like an injustice to humanity more than just an injustice to one color versus another color. And this is where we have to turn back to God and say, God, what did you say? What is the purpose of this? The fact that our ethnicities are celebrated in his eyes Mm -hmm. and that we are all under one race. These things are fundamental to us moving forward. And so like we have to educate ourselves, though, because if we just say, yeah, all lives matter and this is great. Let's move forward. They're still in ignorance to the fact that how is today going to unfold for my fellow brother? Like, we had one of the girls who in court, like, she was going home from a traditional photo shoot with all of us girls, and she actually saw her son pulled over on the side of the road, oh, yes. and she had to pull up behind Scary. and see five cop cars to her one son. It was, I think it was a registration thing. I don't even remember. And she had to yell and fight for her son, and he was doing nothing. Yeah. And so the fear implanted in a mother, like I can only imagine because I haven't had to deal with things like that. Mm -hmm. And so I guess my next question for you, Sabrina, would be as you're, you know, leading this front for your home, as you're teaching your children the truth Mm -hmm. and actually having them activate in society as a strong black woman and a strong black man, like how can me like as a sister instill that in my kiddos as not a white man or a white woman but as a brother and a sister of the human race
1: well I would say um I know that you don't do a lot of tv and you're <laughs> yeah I don't <laughs> but, but this, we, I know you this have resources technology is like where we are um mm-hmm. I will I'm going to tell you this I remember my daughter being in k4 yeah if I remember telling you I don't know if I, I told her this but anyway me. she was in k4 and um I put her hair in these cute, like, a puff like this, but it was Mm -hmm. two on either side, and I was just like, oh, she's so cute. I had taken, like, a billion pictures that morning, and she comes home, and she's like, mommy, can you do my hair different for tomorrow? I'm like, what do you mean different? And so she's like, well, my friend such-and-such has, you know, like, a long ponytail that moves. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, baby, we have coiled hair that Mm -hmm. comes up, you know? God bless us with almost as if a crown. It grows up as a crown, right? Yeah. And so, um... Yeah, but the, they said my hair was crazy. They said my hair looked crazy in school. Like, I said, well, who? Well, a few of my friends. They said, my hair is crazy, and I don't want to have crazy hair. I just want to have hair that's like theirs. And so, in that moment, what I realized is, well, of course I didn't become angry with this four-year-old. Or sure. these four-year-olds that told my child that her hair was crazy. But what it immediately registered in my, what immediately registered in my mind was... <clears throat> Their parents are not teaching them mm. what it looks like to love all different types. And it's not even that they're telling them, oh, you shouldn't like this. It's the fact that they're keeping them ignorant from it. Right. Show them. Yep. Give them that example. Yep. Show them videos that have people of all different cultures okay. and all different. Give yep. them that so that as they grow older, it is not odd to them or weird when they see these beautiful coiled puffs in yeah. someone's hair they don't assume that because all i see on tv at home and books because let's be real you don't have to be intentional to go grab a book that's filled with white children
0: yeah right you don't
1: right they're there right you have to be intentional now and it's getting better now for sure to go and specifically find a book where the characters are brown yeah. or the characters you know are, are yellow or you don't get that all the time yeah if you go in the store to buy a doll baby for your child, you got a whole plethora. You know, you yep. can just pick from all the different. Everything. Oh, I can have a brunette that's white, or I can have you know black hair that's white, or I can have blonde hair that's white. It's you know you can literally get cleaned out quickly of the brown dolls. And but I would say, especially like for a little girl, for instance, yeah. buy them dolls of all different colors. Yeah, so cool because you want them to see that representation at home. Yeah, that's where it starts. Yeah, it's really so then when they get out. They don't feel like, oh my gosh, wow, it's so amazing that your hair does that. Actually, it's actually kind of weird because I've never seen anything like this before. Right, right. now, although that child was just ignorant because they just didn't know, now I've got to build my child back up Mm -hmm. and encourage her and make her believe that, no, Mm -hmm. your hair is beautiful just the way it is. It doesn't have to change. Right. But that other child had no idea. Mm -hmm. So just like... For me, culture is huge in our home. My daughter's learning Russian. My son yeah. is learning French. Like, we've always just loved all different cultures. Um, we're right now studying... We just finished South America. We're doing all the countries and capitals. And it's important to me that they know also, well, what language do they speak there? Right, right. You know, what is the climate like? Okay, if it's warm, then what does that probably mean about their skin? Mm-hmm. That they have maybe darker skin because, you know, it's really uh, sunny or, you know... Right, right. I want my children never ever to go in a place and say oh they look weird because they don't look like what I'm used to seeing yeah they should be used to seeing all different cultures it's all beautiful it's it's a rainbow it is it's like you don't go you don't you wouldn't just paint your house one color right and only teach your kid that one color right that's so true you would never do that right you want them to learn all the colors purple and blue because there are different hues and shades that are so beautiful yeah well, it's the same thing when it comes to cultures and races. And yeah. so teaching them that there is a difference. Look how beautiful these curls flow. Yeah. Our hair is more straight, but look at how beautiful. Or look at how this hair has, you know, like yes. just
0: yeah. expose them. Yeah. I remember my daughter being like, I really want beads like that. I'm like, I want you to have beads like that too. I want beads like that. <laughs> and last night we were at dinner and one of the gals had like braids. And they were weird. <laughs> down to the back and i was like "Ooh, i bet you it looks really cool when, when she has the bun applying, yeah. and she's like can i do that i'm like well yours <laughs> would be really dirty if you did that yeah. let's not do that so it's just it really is exposure yeah and in that exposure sharing the beauty of it that's right and yeah. and to know that like that is that is a god-made thing mm-hmm. there's nothing about that that is Americanized versus not. Now, what gets Americanized is when that little girl actually gets her hair straightened and then her hair is straight for so long that she doesn't even know what her actual curls look like because she was never celebrated or felt comfortable to be able to wear it right. like that. That's right. And that breaks my heart yeah. because the the beauty of that. I just had a girlfriend who said she had straightened her hair, like done it for so many years that she didn't know what her regular curl looked like. She just... Shaved it all off last week. Oh wow! And I'm like, yeah, girl, you look awesome. (laughs) Liberating, yes. And so I can't wait to see as her hair grows for her to just own that. And I don't know the story behind it. I should ask her. But she, you know, she's married to a white man. She has beautiful mixed kids. Mm -hmm. And so I wonder what that was like for her. And I think beyond just like what we look like from an outside, it's like the it's the heart matter. That's where we have to keep going back to is that ultimately, if you believe in this, you believe that we truly all are kin. Right. You believe that it doesn't matter what state we live in or where we came from. We all came from one bloodline and we all bleed the same color. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, utilizing resources like that, I think for me, um, our library at friend school, our, our new librarian has been amazing. And I didn't know these books that the kids brought home for this distance learning time Mm -hmm. and Sorry, my computer's going crazy. Um, And so there was this book. It was called Solway. And it was all about this. Have you read it? We have Oh, my God. It's the sweetest (laughs) book. And this little girl, she was so sad about how black, how dark her skin was. And she wanted to be like her lighter, more beautiful Mm -hmm. sister. And I, after that book, I've had my eyes exposed to, there's actually been a lot of like conversation about the hierarchy of even within the black community of, oh, her skin is lighter. So that back in the day meant that they were some affiliation to a white man that's right which then means that they get hierarchy in anything outside of slavery with with hiring with being you know more beautiful and like that just kills me do you feel like you've been sitting on the dream god has given you for far too long do you feel out of alignment or obedience because of it Or perhaps you've been spinning your wheels on how to answer God's call, but can't quite define or design it into a business. Maybe you've titled this God dream a ministry, one you wholeheartedly give all of your time and energy to, yet your passion isn't providing the profit you need to sustain your home, your first ministry. Do you struggle with the idea of earning money doing something you believe he'd want you to do in servanthood? Do you feel unworthy as a woman to possess wealth? I get it I've been in every one of those shoes and I can promise you the moment I traded those worn-out sandals for his intended comfort I was able to finally walk the miles it has taken to grow the dream from ideation to activation catapulting my true passions into my full purpose And now, while I've had a joy to group coach many women over the past couple of years in a group setting, I still sense there are missing straps to their well-made shoes. So I designed this course, the God Dream Design Course, to walk alongside you intimately until you've claimed the gift of the shoes He has always wanted for you. You're probably wondering if this is the surefire way to claim your roots and discover your wings as a kingdom entrepreneur why are we talking about shoes? Well, these aren't Nikes, they aren't Easy's, whatever the kids call them these days, and I am not giving you sandals like Hermes either. God's shoes truly fly. God's shoes have limitless soles that never wear down. They are promised to get you where he has shown you that you were intended to be. So come along for the ride, get out of that stuck analysis, paralysis, state of limitation and develop the mindsets, methods, and models to bring to life the vision he has planned for you before you were knit in your mother's womb. Sign up today for your self-paced program where I will actually provide you live coaching a community of women to walk this journey alongside a package of goodies right at your doorstep and many more incredible deliverables. You can find all of the details on my site at TamraAndress.com. Don't forget, Tamra is T-A-M-R-A. I got the good version. Thanks, Mom. But really, girls, it's time to fly. I promise it's as spring as it sounds. See you soon.
1: And listen, let me tell you, I love that you're sitting here like you are educating yourself. I'm (sighs) going to tell you, as a black woman, that does my heart. Because even though you're asking me questions, you've also done your homework because you want to know, like you want to learn more and that's really big and not just sitting around and just waiting to ask someone, mm-hmm. but really doing the homework. It shows that you may not know all the things, but you want to educate yourself and become more knowledgeable in that. That yeah. means a lot. Yeah. That you know, means you see that's, me, yeah. you know, and that that's huge. Um, But that is, you're, you're absolutely 100% correct when it comes to that. Um, Unfortunately, that's something that has followed our culture throughout time, you know, oh, you're darker. I feel like now things have definitely gotten better. It's mm-hmm. not over. It's not completely done. Mm-hmm. But, well, what were we told in slavery? What were we told then? Like, oh, the lighter people were better. Mm-hmm. You better try to pass for white. That's mm-hmm. your best bet. Mm-hmm. If you want any, kind, you know, even when slavery was over, the best bet was try to, to try to pass for white, yeah. you know? And so um, that's just something that, we don't even realize i think sometimes because i think um the way society changes and evolves i think we feel like oh no i'm only saying that because no it's because what happened so long ago right it's almost as if we've been pitted each other for pitted against each other for so long that we find excuses and justifications but no it is what it is this is what happened yeah. but we need to stop it absolutely we've got to stop it like absolutely. at some point we have to say It stops here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it can.
0: That's the biggest thing. Like we, they say, we the people, we have the voice. Like, this is our ability to do this. And just in our city alone in the last two nights to see (laughs) the beautiful marches that have happened. And I've seen girlfriends who are white friends who are getting ridiculed for being there. And yet their following is Christian-based. And I'm like, oh, man. And and one of the things that I was reading is saying that the whole problem actually didn't start in the Americanization of it. It started in the church. Mm-hmm. And that's from all the denominational breakdowns that have happened for eons before even coming to America mm-hmm. where, you know, the Canaanites and Israelites and all of that. You can yeah. read it all in the Old Testament that slavery has long been an issue before America created what it did. It's the catastrophe that it still happening when we're all under a new covenant that we are all human we all have made mistakes but it's our job now to live out that love and people aren't doing it well and that's the part that's so hard and disheartening um and i i know that we also have the ability to continue that change and so it is going to take all of our brothers and sisters and i want to like talk even to like i have a friend who's egyptian filipino Mm -hmm. like i want to bring in these asian women and like where are they in this conversation? I'm curious because I honestly haven't seen a ton of them rising up to have conversations at all. Yeah. And so, what does that mean? Because it takes all of us coming together, not just white and black, and that That's just right. being right. one against another, right? Yeah.
1: yeah. And I think the important thing, like you said, is also you know while I you know may be fighting for this for my black children in the future and for my life and things. Not to neglect also what other you know minorities and, and ethnicities may be struggling with and going through as well yeah. because it is something that you know minorities have always had maybe bounces back and forth. There's always consistently the issue with blacks. Yeah, <laughs> right, know, right, like right, that, right, That's yeah. not you know that hasn't changed. Yeah, um, things have evolved, yeah. but that's always there. But there are also um, other races and things. And I've been reading a lot and just kind of learning the history. Of um, the Europeans' dealings with the Philippines, and mm. then and with China, and and there's always this kind of domination, takeover, you know, thing. And those things are they keep going yeah. with people through generations. Yeah. So I would love to actually, you know sit like over there while you're
0: (laughs) having those other
1: people (laughs) over there, not behind the ring
0: light or the mic. But this is so important and it's so good. I'm so grateful for you for sharing. And it's just, it is something that I hope that as people hear, ultimately they hear like us constantly going back to the fact that like God doesn't want this. Yeah. But at the same time, he has ultimate control and ultimate understanding mm-hmm. and an ultimate plan that we as the people, as his sons and daughters, need to rise up and lean on him instead of leaning on our own nature because our own nature is sinful. It it will mistake. We will go back to greed and all of the things that aren't fruits of the spirit if we don't continue to align with the word. That's right. And whether we intentionally do it or not, it's the enemy is constantly gonna be there. And I I just pray that, like, people can come into understanding the, the Bible in a way that they never have before. Because there are certainly scriptures that you could read without knowing context that can skew this entire conversation. Yeah. And that is what makes me so upset because it does start in the church. And then if we can't and the church is home, right? So I say church, I'm not envisioning like a steeple. I'm envisioning our homes that then go into this church home of four walls, that then go out into the world as we're called to do. And so it's just there's so many more deeper conversations that we can continue to get into. But I think ultimately it's just about coming together yeah, and yeah. sharing our like heartedness mm-hmm. and our desire ultimately for the next generation which are is our babies and I know that there are uh, thousands of moms in this conversation that are going to continue to want to rise up and and do that it's just a matter of what are the resources and what do those conversations look like one of the things that I've been reading recently um can't think of her last name Latasha is her first name the be the bridge book that Mm i had mentioned to you she was talking about the part that you were about the history that feeds into where we are today into our individualist individualistic space but then also our collective and that we need to be in a state of lamentation and I didn't really know what that meant. And so learning about the state of lament and being at our feet and on our knees in front of God, yeah. they did it after I had already read, read about it on Sunday when the um, black pastor was standing there and mm-hmm. he asked white people to get on their knees. Yeah. And I wasn't there, but I had a pastoral friend who was there. And she had the whole thing on video. And I was thinking, Whoa. And in that moment, thinking, what would I have done? And you see just the half of the congregation of people get on their knees, and you hear white people crying out, and you hear black people crying out, you hear kids crying out, you hear grandmas crying out. And to just see, yeah, just to (laughs) see that, like that's the state that we need to be in. And it's not about lamenting over the fact that my. Great, 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 right. great, great grandpa had a plantation right. in Virginia. And here I am generations to follow. Did I live in any sort of like repercussion of that, good or bad, or what? It's the fact of the matter that we are here today and we can lament all of the past yeah. and say no more. Yep, that's right. Right? And and to say that I don't I don't have to carry their guilt and shame. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole point of the cross, right? Is for us to come all together and then ask for our, and repent and say, God, like you've already carried this all to the cross. Like how now do we move forward?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I would say too, I was thinking when you were talking, I was thinking about how I know a lot of people have um, views and things to say about the riots. And, Mm -hmm. you know, although I do not agree necessarily with, you know, a lot of the things that I will say this. I will say this, um, I was reading something and, um, from the Bible and it was talking about how there was a woman that came in, um, I think Jesus was there at Simon's house eating Mm -hmm. and a woman came in and she fell at his feet and started pouring the oils Mm -hmm. on him and, you know, and to everyone that was like, first of all, you are not worthy. What are you doing? We're welcome there. Yeah. Like, how dare you? and secondly what a waste why would you be wasting this good stuff like her tactic Mm -hmm. her the way that she went about this situation you know everyone was just like taken aback like whoa what is happening this is not okay Mm -hmm. she's not worthy and Mm -hmm. like who does this you know now he became very judgmental Mm -hmm. and prejudiced in that and jesus basically presented to him like You don't don't really know her story. You don't really know her struggle. If you understood, if you understood, if you would step back from your judgment for a minute, Mm -hmm. you know, and and take a step back and realize, like, she's just coming because she just wants, she wants change. Mm -hmm. She's seeking change. And this is her way. It's radical, Mm -hmm. but she's seeking change. And I just challenge people um, not to look at. You know, just the riot and the things and the crazy things. But look at, and I'm not saying, I'm not talking about those who have gone in and stolen things. Sure. And things. That's people of every race that yeah. are doing that. Sure. Those are not people that are seeking change. Those are not people that are protesting um, for justice. That those should not be put together. Yeah. Just like. Good police and police that aren't, you know, making good, they should not be put together. It's the same way. The same grace and mercy needs to be given for both of the communities there. But what I'm going to say is also if if we could just take a step back from judging and just really look and read and go deeper and find out why is the anger there? It's almost as if a mom that loves their child so much, you know, like this kid is having these tantrums and he just will not stop. Well, okay, there may be a punishment that comes along with it. But then you have to realize, I should probably dig deeper. Right. What's the why? What's the why? Like, why does my child that I love so much, that I care about, why does he keep having these tantrums? You, as a good mother, as a good person, as a, you know, an empathy is going to shine through and you're going to try to dig deep Mm -hmm. to figure out oh, his big sister has been pinching him or his big sister has been taking stuff from him. Yeah. His big sister has not been treating him right all this time. And so now he's acting, acting out. out. He's frustrated. Yeah. He's angry. He needs change. He needs to be seen. He needs to be heard. Yeah. And what that's, are you going to do? That's really good. That's and so really good that bounty. is what we have to do. We have to understand that yes, you know, we, we may not like to see what we're seeing and it's frustrating and I, but if you just take a step back and look and do some research yeah. and find out what's going on, you know, like it's deeper than just this. Yeah. Let's not just pretend like, oh, what's only this big? No, it's deeper. There's so much more depth. Yeah. Okay. If you go back and you read in history and if we think for one minute that we can say, oh, history doesn't have anything to do with today. That is bananas. We still base our lives off the Constitution, right? Yeah. And how long ago was that written? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Right. So, no, history has a lot to do with today. Yeah. So we need to look back. We need to go backwards and we need to read and we need to figure out how in the very beginning, how even right after the Civil War, even though slavery was abolished, okay, then what? Right. Literally, there was enough boldness in that time for people to say for the white leaders to say um, they need to understand that they might be free, but they are not equal. equal. Right. So there were so many things put in place from then all the way through yep. history. Yeah. To make sure that the black man, the black woman knew. You Never. aren't equal. Yep. No, you don't get to vote. Yep. No, you don't get to study. You don't get to read. You don't get to be smarter. As a matter of fact, you're going to sign this contract and you're going to serve us. Right. That's what you're going to do. Oh, you're not a slave anymore, but you're still going to be on this contract. There were so many things that people really need to dig deep and yep. read about yep. to find out what happened in history. Yeah. Because it's still coming through now, and the interesting thing about that is when I was reading it was talking
0: about how some people within your ethnicity within the within the black community that was their better option, yeah they could decide that they weren't going to follow any of those rules, but it was a better option Mm -hmm. to essentially sell themselves back into the state of servanthood as white people like to call it, but back into being a slave so that they could commune with certain people Mm -hmm. so that they had opportunity, so that maybe they were going to marry into a white family so that that heritage was now within their white, you know, lineage. I mean, so much mental play Absolutely. and that is it's just so disturbing it's so disturbing and there I know like you said there are other resources and you had mentioned one to me the other day on the phone what are some of the movies because everyone loves to Netflix since we oh know, we yes. might not have a lot of readers <laughs> I don't even know if the
1: libraries are open right now so um I and this is something I feel like now' it's, it's been um out for a while but i would say a good start honestly would be the 13th on netflix yeah it's really the breakdown and understanding of the 13th amendment and how um so many loopholes were still in there Mm -hmm. to keep blacks from really truly being free and equal in in society so that just be prepared you know Mm -hmm. because it's definitely an eye-opener um it goes, I like it because it's a breakdown. It, it starts at slavery yeah. and it talks about, you know, after uh, slavery was abolished, it talks about the different laws that were put in place but then it, it's a time travel so it goes all the way through time to present day mm, about different things that were put in place to still kind of like because you know at a certain point you could no longer say the black people need to know that they're not equal like that was not right politically <laughs> correct anymore thankfully but they're still, still happening oh absolutely yeah. so it's still they happening right still, now absolutely well, so it just thing. showed the timeline yeah, of the cool. different tactics and things that were used through time and are yeah. still being used so pretty much the prison systems being yeah. a huge oh, yeah. thing then and now. Yeah. Um, well, the prison systems
0: that then start from the law officials, which, which then start from the court system, which is the Supreme, you know, and then it's all of that. And that was what I was reading the stats around. Yeah. And I'm like, wait a second. So they're committing the exact same thing. And like 38% more are having death sentences versus just oh. going to jail. So, I mean, y'all, there are so many things that I just never thought because honestly, because I just trust, because I'm naturally like an optimist and I naturally (laughs) am like, oh, that would never actually happen. They're skewing the truth that that's just lies. It's literally lies from the enemy. And so to understand the fullness of all of our stories, it's not them versus us, it's all of our stories. It's all of our history. It's my baby's understanding of themselves. Mm -hmm. And in order for them to be good citizens and for them to be true brothers and sisters, just like you said, like I see you. Mm -hmm. I have to see, I have to see you. I have to actually know you in order to say like we're sisters Mm -hmm. and because I, I've been estranged from my sister and it's not a fun feeling and I don't know anything she's going through. And therefore I have no right to judge even in that moment. And so it, all we can do is love. But at the end of the day, in order for change to occur, love is going to have to take action. Love is going to have to, be the first thing to speak and the first thing to act. And it hasn't
1: been that way. Yeah. And I will say this too. Um, when Martin Luther King was, cause a lot of people like to go back and reference, Oh, yeah. what just do what Martin Luther King did. Let's be honest here. Mm-hmm. And we really want to talk about it. Do your research, do your studying, Um, no one agreed, well, not no one, but a lot of people also did not agree with his tactics then. And as they were marching, a lot of times they were beaten people were, you know, hosed down, Mm -hmm. you know, people were thrown in prison. So even then, you know, the way they were going about it was radical and people didn't agree. But now we can say, oh, well, look at what Martin did. He made all these changes. Had he not gone against what people thought was acceptable in society, we wouldn't be here today. Right. We wouldn't be, you know, where we are. So, Things, you know, people feel like, oh, why do you have to be so radical? Radical makes changes. Radical makes changes, and that's that's the reality of it. And we definitely never discredit God, but, you know, Martin Luther King was a minister. You know, he was a minister. He was a man of God, and so... Um, the way he went about it, he was about peace, but even mm-hmm. still, even though it was about peace, he did things that the sit-ins and, you know, the boycott, he did things that weren't necessarily, you know, popular in right. those times. Right. Or would he be did.
0: viewed as just in love. It was done in action. There
1: you go. Right. It was always about action. Yeah. Um, and I will say this while you were talking about the court systems and things, yeah. I know I want everyone else. And I think. I'm not sure exactly which outlet, but there are some outlet that has actually made this movie free right now. Just mercy. Yeah. Listen, first of all, just mercy. We were in the theaters the first weekend it came out. Yes. We were excited about seeing it, but also my son is a fanatic. Yeah. This was a lawyer. He had read the book. Uh, you know, He's got so the book cool. at home. Um, a so lawyer, young black lawyer, Harvard. These are all the things he aspires to yeah, be. You know? Yeah, so it. we we had to go. Yeah. You know, he's got on all his Harvard stuff. He's and so like cute. that's you know, that's his aspiration. So yeah. um we went and, and sat and watched that movie and we went as a family, and I am so glad that we did. It's now like his favorite, so we've watched it plenty yeah. more times. But what the basically the basis of the movie was this young lawyer, he didn't really know what his path was going to be as a lawyer. He had to do um I guess had to get some hours or maybe some type of internship or something yeah. We had to go down to Alabama and talk to some inmates as a part of his um, cool. his educational sure. you know, experience. And when he talked to these inmates and realized, um, you know, wow, these they're really not represented well at all. And they're on death row. These are the inmates that are just automatically on death row. Wow, like yeah. they're on death row and they were telling, I haven't really gotten anyone to represent me. There was a lawyer that came, but he never came back. Or mm-hmm. They were just like, oh, this you just might as well take it like this is what it's going to be there were so many and so he dug deeper and realized that oh my gosh these people are being put on death row with improper representation and so that's the premise of the movie but that the man brian stevenson he still to this day fights for those who and and maybe they were guilty of a crime sure but should they really be put right, on death row for right, it, right. is the thing. So like advocating they were just throwing the truth absolutely. behind their... Yeah. And this took place because I, a lot of people say, oh, that was so long ago. Um, I believe that the date of the movie was 89, 90. Wow. 1989, 1990. Wow. Kay? We were children. Yep, yep. This is very real. And I just could saw be an your article... your dad. It could absolutely. be your brother, your uncle. Absolutely. Yeah. I saw an article recently that said... Um, Due to everything that's going on, and they always started with that, and I love that. Due to everything, <laughs> or due to the George George Floyd death, now they're opening up a new case um, where a hundred inmates in North Carolina are on death row. They're going to basically get to argue their their case and say, "Look, we shouldn't be put to death. I mean, we might have messed up or whatever the right. case, but they are reopening one hundred of those cases. Wow, that just this is twenty twenty. That just goes they are to still show throwing you. people on death yeah. row. Yeah. You know, and it's. I so want to find that article because I was so
0: just um, just enamored by the stats. Uh, let's see, it was saying
1: even this. Is it that I one? All mean... the racism today. Yeah, uh,
0: a black man is three times more likely to be searched at a traffic stop, six times more likely to go to jail than a white man this is today's stats. If a black person kills a white person he or she is twice as likely to receive the death sentence as a white person who kills a black person. Blacks serve up to 20% more time in prison prison than white people for the same exact crimes Mm -hmm. and 38% are more likely to be sentenced to death than white people of the same crimes. Yeah.
1: It's,
0: bananas and it's so wrong and so your science. your son no you can't and your son who is aspiring to be in the yeah. same situation yeah. as this guy who made this movie and the entire story like I hope he gets to land in oh, the Supreme absolutely. Court yeah. I hope that these things happen yeah. and because of the home that he's been rooted in because of the change and the action that you've instilled for your storyline for our storyline that's how change is going to take yeah. place yeah. And so again, it circles all the way back to what we've said from the get-go. It's all about it starting at home. It's all about the love that we're showing in all ethnic groups, That's right. and actually putting our ourselves in places where there are other ethnicities, like. Don't just be white. It's boring. I promise <laughs> you, it's boring. It's not fun. When I step foot in that Pentecostal—they're not Pentecostal anymore—non-denominational yeah. Pentecostal yeah. church, there are fourteen nationalities there, and like I never felt more at home than when I was there. Yeah. And to the I, to this day, I still feel that way. And I've visited many, many churches since. It there is something heavenly it is heaven it's it's not something it is heaven on earth when you're in a space like that and i honestly don't even know where to suggest you go i mean i don't really know and so i would just really in just hope and pray that you would seek out a place of worship go to a concert outside of your norm that is based in goodness christian Mm -hmm. ideally (laughs) um i i was thinking of some things that you were saying one thing that i wanted to share you were talking about um, the different colors of skin. But I was thinking about even how names are a part of that storyline. Yeah, yeah. And one of those for me, uh, my name's Tamara. And my whole life, I was always told that they were expecting me to look different when people would meet me. They thought that I would be black. And uh. I was always like, nope, just your just normal me. white girl. I don't have the extra A, so I'm missing the extra juice. I don't know. But I was like always determined that I was like, I wanted to represent, regardless of what people thought of me, that this is a good human being. And so we have the ability to access parts of ourselves that were intended to be straight from heaven, such as like dance. I mean, you go to Parkway, and, like, I got to dance for the first time Mm -hmm. in the light of the Lord versus dance like a white girl would dance in her booty-shaking places, (laughs) right? (laughs) Right? So, like, just to know that there are so many parts of your culture that that we get to celebrate when we understand them. Right. And even things like hair, like come braid my hair, right? (laughs) Like we get to do things and be more of who we were made to be when we come into that culturalism, when we come into knowing that the beauty and the diversity. And so, you know, go to different countries, be in spaces that make you uncomfortable, learn the different language, learn the different zip codes. I mean, it's here. And I don't like when people say they are in a small town we had there was an influencer recently and i felt horrible for her but she was horribly called out about the fact that she decided she was going to speak out on this topic and had never previously ever spoken out on this topic and also had no sign of ethnicity anywhere around her her heart i'm sure her heart posture is good it was out of love but there also has to be activation within you before you get to just raise up and say, I support. Yeah, There has to be like understanding. There has to be Absolutely. education. There has to be a conversation and it doesn't need to be public. Yeah. Call someone. Yeah. And if you don't have access to that, seek it out. Go to the books first. That's and right. I think ultimately, again, just like dining next to people, strike a conversation. Mm-hmm. People just want to be seen. You want to be seen. So I... I could keep going because I'm so like riled up about it. But Sabrina, like, do you have any like closing words, closing thoughts? I know we've kind of thought about and prayed over this conversation for a few weeks now.
1: I think, um, I guess kind of to piggyback off of what you were saying, you know, educate, definitely educate before you jump in on, you know, any side of things or with your ideals and your thoughts, just be willing to dig deeper. Dig deep because um, there's always a reason. And I always go back to children because I'm a mom. Yeah. You know, if I just punish my children because I heard a loud bang or I, you know, I I, I saw or I kind of heard the butt end of what was going on and you're in trouble and you're in trouble. And, well. But let's look deeper. Let's take really a step good. back and figure out what is really going on. Yeah. Because if I just go into this judging the situation, guess what I'm going to do? My children are going are gonna to get used to me just jumping in, ready to, you know, getting, you know, they're in trouble, yep. ready to punish, ready. Yep. And guess what happens with them? self-esteem goes lower and then they're like you know what i can't ever make her happy anyway i might as well do whatever if we don't realize that that's the same thing that happens when it comes you know race upon race so then there are a lot of black people that may say you know what they're never gonna hear me anyway i might as well just be angry and just yell and just you know and that can go for anyone yeah so if you feel like man you're not even gonna hear my heart anyway honestly for me i've been in situations where i feel like you're not really gonna hear me anyway I'm just gonna back off. I didn't become angry or I just said, I'm just gonna back off because what you're saying is you don't want to hear me. You don't want to see me. And I'm gonna back off. Right. Um, and so that's what happens, and then guess what happens even more of what the enemy loves? Division. Divide. Yeah. Even more. Yeah. Because you've not wanted to look deeper, you've not wanted to dig deeper. And this is not just for, you know, I'm not just speaking white people need no. to dig. No, everybody yeah. needs to look deeper and see how they can learn about this person, that person, this ethnic group, that, like, yeah. we should all want, because we coexist. Yeah. We don't live in a world where we're the only. Yeah. And if you've surrounded yourself in a world like that, like Tamara said, that is boring. Yes. Yeah, I so do boring. not only want to, you know, people, I got a lot of kind of backlash um, when I first started teaching my children French a few years ago. Why would you teach them French? Why? I mean, that's not even like, because it's different. Yeah. Because it's fun and it's yeah. different. And, and why not? you people speak <laughs> French other languages. Yeah, like, that's not even something that could be functional here in America. And I'm like, that's okay. It's different. It's exposure. Then we know, okay, now this is a French food. And then this is a, you know, I, I want exposure. And I think that, um, if we as parents, if we as people period would understand that, we are not the only ethnicity. We are not the only race here. Um, there are so many others, and there's so much beauty in in the other things. Mm-hmm. I mean, why not embrace that? Like, yeah. why wouldn't you want to? Yeah. Your children are going to go to school with, you know, now if you homeschool, okay. Right. But, you know, still, yeah. they have to go out in the world one day. They're not going to always be with you. Don't you want them to be able to go in a place and coexist with those that are around them and understand the people around them.
0: Yeah, it's really good. And I think speaking right to the homeschool piece is that now with this transition of virtual learning, this is an opportunity. Oh yeah, big time. literally a God blessing to yeah. say let me open your eyes. Let yep. me show you more deeply the story of your brothers and sisters and so take this as an opportunity get different reading material for them we're asked to read 20 minutes a day every day right let them read something new let them not read the curriculum let them read the bible let them get into something different than what's being exposed constantly because what's being exposed constantly is why we're here
1: yeah yeah
0: and And it's our job as moms to do that. And I totally hear you because I constantly, I go to the louder child. The louder child gets in trouble first in my home. (laughs) And I have found out more recently after looking and searching and waiting before attacking, I have found that the quieter ones are really the ones you've got to look for. Right? Right. So what are we as the quieter Mm. ethnic group? Yeah doing while they're really loud yeah. because that's why we're here. And that's the why that we need to look at. We need to really self-reflect before we start going after somebody doing something different. Mm-hmm. And so I am standing up for that. I did not go to the marches the last two days, but I am marching. Yeah. And so I hope that this met other people who are willing to stand up or get on your knees, which was, you know, the reference back to what happened on Sunday i i know that there are other women and other men who are ready to link arms with us but you have to be willing to like open your fist and actually hear and actually have conversations and that's going to look different for everyone but there are ways to do it and people who are ready for it so thank you
1: absolutely and i i know you're probably going to put my information yeah i am completely open um any extra questions um, any other resources that you may be looking for i will say as she was talking about getting different books for your children books can be a little pricey but don't you worry i am a mom that encourages reading i have yes. super readers at home and so we use thriftbooks.com cool all the time and they're all like super discounted books like we can get like five books and spend like 20 bucks nice so you know loading up those you know those different things like letting letting them see in the content. They have to read. Yeah. So why not teach them to read about it? Why not let them see these different people and different races and ethnicities in, in the books too? Yeah. So it's But so I'm fun. I'm available. Please reach out to me. If you you know, it can be private, you can message yeah. me, DM however you'd like to do it. But I definitely would love to help and answer any further questions.
0: I thank you for that. Because I do, I do know that there are people who haven't been exposed to other ethnicities. And that's, there's nothing wrong with it if that's, again, where you've come from. Yeah. But now's your opportunity. Yeah. Right? So, so expose yourself and learn. So, Sabrina, I am grateful to you. I want to close in prayer. I don't often get to do that in the podcast. But I think it's necessary. Absolutely. God, I thank you so much for this incredible time. I thank you for your conversation. I thank you for the conversation that you're implanting on the hearts of men and women everywhere, of brothers and sisters. God, that we would not quiet our voices, but instead let our let our lives speak. Let our hearts speak. God, that you would know and you would lead this front, that you would lead this riot because it's deserving of that. God, that our generation to follow, that our children would not know this hatred. Mm -hmm. That they would not know the suppression, the oppression, the pain. God, that they would learn it, but that they would lead in love. God, that we as mothers and fathers would teach and open their eyes and open their ears and ultimately open their heart because we are opening the word the truth to this conversation God That ethnicities are beautiful that diversity is exactly what the kingdom of heaven looks like and that we should celebrate it here as it is on earth God that we give people the opportunity to see heaven more often because we are coming together to rise up in your name we thank you that you sent your only son your only son Lord to cover the multitude of sins that we as a human race have partaken in. But God, you are good and you love us so intimately, no matter the color of the skin, that we are one race, Lord, that we are one love and that this is your heartbeat. This conversation is your heartbeat. I pray that it falls on open ears open eyes, and open hearts. And that Sabrina would walk out of this conversation as an additional resource to people who have never had the opportunity to conversate in the way that she is so open to do. I thank you for her family and for her children and for her children's children. And for her parents for stewarding such a a woman of power. In your sweet name. Amen. Amen. Hey, y'all. It's me again. I hope in today's episode, you sense and ignite to an ember within you. Something mentally, physically, emotionally, or spiritually moving that creates and sustains a fire within your journey. Before you go, let's solidify the flame. I'd love for you to take a step right now in declaring your takeaway. By snapping a pic of the episode you tuned into, share your sparked moment and tag me at Faith underscore podcast or me personally at tamra.andress on Insta. I hope that I can keep you accountable and also share you with the greater community of the Fit and Faith podcast listeners. We're totally in this together. Community over competition is the motto, right? I'd also be incredibly grateful if you took an extra second to leave a review on iTunes or your podcast listening app. I'd love to feature your thought in the next episode and give you and your passion project a big shout out. You know, I'm a writer, so I love words and I can't wait to read what you have to say. I'm ready to fuel the flame with you together. And until next time, blessings over your joy, health, wealth, and wholeness. Tune in next time.